Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, a person has a paranormal encounter with the dead late one Christmas Eve night outside of a church cemetery. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. That it is, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost stories with us. Of course, you can write it at realghoststoriesonline.com. And if you like our program, become a supporter, an extra podcast person, EPPs as we call them. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash realghoststories. It's only $5 a month. Get access to all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes. Uh, the archive of episodes, all of it commercial free. It's the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories to get access to there. And it's only $5 a month. Check it out. Brand new stuff added all the time exclusively for you. Again, ghostpodcast.com or through the Patreon app, patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Tony and Carol Hughes with you on today's episode of the program. What's going on? Hey, Tony. Hey, Carol. Um, So... This weird thing happened to me, and it's not paranormal or anything like that, but, you know, Facebook is so known for the algorithms. It's all algorithms, algorithms, Mm -hmm. and, you know, there's targeted advertising and all this. So tonight, I'm scrolling through Facebook, and I come across this, and it's happening quite a bit lately, like, Carol, here are some great products just for you. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can kind of swipe through them. And the first one was like a sofa. And I'm like, well, a sofa is nice, but it's not really a great product for me because I don't need one. Yeah. And so, and then like other random weird things. And then a freaking wedding dress. (laughs) Like, and it's a wedding dress for someone who's like six feet tall. Like the woman in this looks like her legs are taller than I am Mm -hmm. tall. And I'm like, oh, like, why would you think I need a wedding dress? Like, is that just to be mean? Like, ha ha ha. Watch us. We're going to have with Carol. We think you need a wedding dress. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? Like, I don't know. Why would they? Like, my status says I'm single. Mm-hmm. Always has. I swear I've been single forever. Like, why does it think I need a wedding dress? A great product just for you. And why wouldn't their algorithms like, like I could see if I've been searching wedding dresses. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, today, but I was on a different computer, but I guess maybe it tracks. I wasn't on my phone, but it could maybe put all that information together. I was looking at Princess Diana's niece got married and she wore like seven different wedding dresses. There you go. That's what it was. But it was a freaking article about this woman who's yeah. in her, tw- I think she's like 20 something or 30s. And she married like a 62 year old billionaire fashion designer. <laughs> That's true and love. she wore seven different <laughs> wedding dresses. And I'm like, how did that work? And how long did the ceremony go on? <laughs> like, okay, this is getting old because each time she has to go change. That's not a quick change. That, Yeah. That just seems like it would be really a headache to have to deal with on your your wedding day to do seven different dress changes as you marry the 60-some-year-old and you're 20-something. 
because that marriage is going to last. That's true love. That's, I mean, there's nothing that says true love like that. You know, that's, uh, I tell you, that's why it's hard for women to date because no matter what age you are, if you're, uh, um, unless you're in your twenties, but if you're in your thirties, the guys who are thirties want to marry, want to date the girls in their twenties. When you're in your forties, the guys want to mate and marry the girls in their twenties. So guys only want to date women in their twenties. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, you know, except it, you, you're not that way. I'm actually, I've actually way. gone the other direction in, in the relationship that I'm in as of the recording That's of this lot. episode. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, yeah, that's it, it, not crazy. I'm not doing a gold digger thing or it's, you were like four or five years apart. It's not a big deal, but, uh, yeah, I mean the idea of the, um, I mean, I'm I'm in my late 30s as of right now. The, the, I'm at the end of my 30s. I'm 39 uh, as of this airing, but I cannot contemplate like Sarah. I mean, any guy can look at a 20 some year old girl and go, "Yeah, hot." You know, you know, if they're attractive. That's it's just you know that's life. That's just physiology or whatever. But there's a whole second part to it. Going, could you actually have a relationship with the 23 year old? The answer is no. I mean, not just sexual. I mean, not just sexual. I mean, could you have? Yes, of course. You could physically be compatible that way. But, you know, are you going to have really a, you know, in-depth, relatable? I mean, from I would say in most cases, no. I'm sure there's, you know, the diamond in the rough out there here and there where there's someone super, you know, more life experience, very intelligent beyond their years. Yes, that exists sometimes. But if we're just going completely on statistics, the odds are not good that that's going to truly be a very compatible relationship for somebody uh, my age uh, and certainly not for someone in their 60s. <laughs> you know, It's just like, what the fuck? I think it's so weird. Yeah. But yeah. the dresses were amazing, by we're the good. way. But not the one that they sent me. Yeah. Like, Carol, here's an $1,100 wedding dress for you. Well, it, now now it it's in the really back of your mind, and now you're gonna dress. you're gonna want to you're gonna want to go and get married now. <laughs> I found the dress. <laughs> it's all because of that. It's all like, because of that. The, the um, like on that say yes to the dress when mm -hmm. they go, "What's your budget?" and they're like, "Oh, it's only seven thousand dollars." I'm like, "Shit, that's a used it's car." Only seven thousand dollars. And you are going to wear that that one day and I then know. it's going to be hanging in your closet <clears throat> until you're divorced. And then it's going to be hanging in your ex-husband's attic, <laughs> <laughs> which, by the way, I'm cleaning my attic right now. And that's it's kind of came to mind. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> let's go to our first story. 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to show your real ghost stories with us. Starts up. My name is Rebecca. I had this half typed out once and I. Drop my phone. I do not know if it just deleted it or if it sent through, but I am lost. And I had to start over. Hopefully you did not get the half story sent through that just caused confusion. I work at a hospital in Nova Scotia, Canada. The hospital itself is not that old. It was only built 30 years ago. But of course, a lot of people die at hospitals. So I suppose there are bound to be a lot of energies there. I've worked there almost six years and never seen or heard anything until two to two and a half years ago when I switched units and started working on the cardiac unit. Important to note for later is that years before I started working at the hospital, a lot of the units switched places. For example, the medical unit used to be upstairs where surgical is now, and the cardiac unit where I currently work used to be the pediatric unit. In fact, the door to our supply room still says playroom on the glass. 
unit is mostly laid out in two hallways. One of these two hallways is all private rooms with rooms 10, 11, and 12 on the right and 12 and 13 on the left. Most of the time, these private rooms are used for people who are contagious and need to be on isolation or for palliative patients who are nearing the end of their lives to give them their family some privacy. I'm 31 years old, and until I started working on this unit, I'd never seen or heard anything that I would count as a ghostly encounter. One night when I first started there, I was doing paperwork, checking patient charts and entering tests onto computers like we do every night. It's probably between 12 and 2 a.m. Suddenly, I saw a dark figure at the end of the hall come out of room 13 on the left, walk across the hall and go into room 12 on the right. I was not looking directly at it when it happened but it was not quite out of the corner of my eye either. It was just enough in my field of vision that I know what I saw. I stopped what I was doing and stared down the hall and remember distinctly thinking that all the patients down there were bedridden. I said to my coworker, I'm either crazy or I just saw someone cross the hall down there and none of those patients can walk. All the night staff were at the nurse's desk currently as well, so it was not any of us. My coworker just said, I've seen that before too, and it's actually been enough that I've gone down there and checked before. I don't believe in that type of stuff, implying that it was a ghost. Other co-workers have later told me that they've seen it too, and the same co-worker that worked with me that night told me on another occasion that she was down that hallway and was touched on the shoulder when there was no one around her. Another strange thing that happened to me was again on night shift, the hall with all the private rooms in it also as a small office with a cot in it that a lot of us will nap in when we're on break. I'd gone into this office for my break and to lay down for a bit. I'm an exceptionally light sleeper, even when I'm at home. For example, if the cat is chewing on his toy in the other room, it'll wake me up, so I'm very used to being woken up by the slightest thing all the time. I was napping in this little break room when suddenly I woke up because I could hear someone crying. It sounded like an adult. They were not crying hysterically, but they were sobbing loud. At the time, I just thought it was the wife of the patient in room 10, as that patient was extremely sick, and I thought, well, maybe he passed away, and that's her crying. I'll find out when I get back from break. I went back to sleep. When I went back from break, I got an update from my coworker on everything that happened while I was on break. When she was done, I asked her who was crying and down the hall. She told me that she had not heard anyone crying. My other co-worker who had spent a lot of time I was on break attending to patients in that hallway told me that no one was down there had been crying. No one else working had heard any crying, which I did not understand as it had sounded so loud to me. Last little story I'll tell involves an entity I have never seen, but many, many patients have talked about. The ghost of a little girl. Many patients who are down that hall complain of a little girl being in their room and that they can hear a little girl playing. Specifically, one patient we had that started reporting this weirded me out. He was a little confused and had been on and off his entire hospital stay. He had been with us for a while down the other hallway opposite the haunted one and had never once complained to the little girl. We must move patients a lot for a variety of reasons, and one day we had to move this patient into room 12. The same day he started complaining that there was a little girl in his room. Remember that we used to be the pediatric ward? A few days later, we moved him back down the other hallway, and he was still complaining about a little girl being in his room. We never hear of the little girl being down this hallway, so I can only guess that she followed him because he could see her. This patient left us not too long ago for another facility, and the next patient, who was not confused, admitted to his room immediately 
started complaining of a little girl being in his room. I said to my coworker, that little girl does, that little girl needs you to help her. My coworker asked him what little girl, which he said, she's right there in the corner. She needs you to open the window. None of the hospital windows open, but I know in a lot of cultures, they open a window when someone dies to let the soul escape, which makes me wonder if this little girl is trapped in our unit. I also cannot help wondering if she'll be down both hallways now where she has followed someone down there or if she'll go back to just the one hallway eventually. Love your show. I listen to it every time I go for a walk. Thank you for all the great content. Interesting. And creepy. He's seeing the little girl towards the end. Yeah. And then, you know, like... When you go take a break and, you know, if you're a nurse, you're kind of exhausted and you're kind of just resting and hearing someone crying wouldn't be unusual, mm -hmm. but it would, you would like, oh, that's someone crying. You yeah. Know, why would, I mean, that's not something that's like, is that someone crying? No. No, it, that's definitely what she heard. And that's they, so crazy. You're not, not like in a setting like in the woods where you can write it off as a raccoon. Right. <laughs> it's like, nope, I'm pretty sure that's that. Although some workplaces do get raccoons in them. It does happen. I've been in one. You've been in one. <laughs> Sometimes that just happens. <laughs> Suddenly the, the ceiling tiles start rattling. And then you discover, <laughs> oh, there's a family of raccoons that live up there. Let's hope none of those ceiling tiles suddenly falls on your head. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. But but that did happen. It did happen. And like, because you can hear him, it's like, what is that? Yeah. And it was a haunted building anyway. Yeah. So, of course, it's like your first thing is, oh, my God, it must be paranormal. I went up to the attic with a, a flashlight and tried to look around for the raccoon. I, I didn't find it, but I did find some places it had been. And you could find like there was like some broken insulation in some places. Um, but I think it was like, I think it really kind of nested between the floors, like with like oh, underneath. Yeah. So it, I don't know. Did, the, did it just naturally go away or did they ever do something? No, I think they, I think they got it. Okay. I think they had to trap it. Okay. But raccoons are adorable. I just don't want them in the ceiling. <laughs> when they're not rabid. Yeah, exactly. Just That would have been such a funny. Or dead yeah. by my murder she shed. Other than that. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, could you imagine if that thing would have fallen onto one of the guys that was, we had an AM station that played classic country and a lot of the older gentlemen that worked on it were quite up there in age. That would have been a heart attack waiting to happen. All of a sudden, they're talking, all of a sudden, boom, raccoon right there on the porch. Oh, I'd have had a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't have mattered what age you were. You'd have had one. The story, like what happened to him? Well, a raccoon fell out of the ceiling tiles and he passed away right there on the air. I had a raccoon or a squirrel jump on my head once and it scared the shit out of me. I didn't see it coming and it just like attached itself to my head you out of the blue. Outside somewhere? What were you doing? Laundry. And oh, I was God. at the laundromat. Oh my God. I was outside reading a magazine, watching this drunken brawl across the street and faking like I'm reading People magazine, uh -huh. but instead I'm watching as the cops show up. And, um, and the squirrel kind of runs up to me and looked at me and it ran away. And I was mm -hmm. like, that was weird. Mm -hmm. And I turned my attention to the really drunk people <laughs> in the middle of the afternoon. And 
so I'm looking the other direction and the squirrel just came back. I guess it was pissed off at me and just jumped on my head. <laughs> that I screamed so loud that the drunken commotion across the street stops. <laughs> and there's Carol on the other side and of the road. Cops, and all the cops stop and everybody's staring at me. <laughs> Are you like shaking your head? Squirrel. Trying to get the squirrel there's off your squirrel head? On my head. And so the squirrel like jumps off my head. And it kind of does. It was in my mind. I don't, I'm sure it wasn't like this, but in my mind, the way I remembered it is like cartooning. This girl's like, yeah. and then it goes running across the street straight towards them. Oh my God. Yeah. They all scattered and ran right through the middle of their little commotion. There's something wrong with that squirrel. There's something wrong with that squirrel. Well, you didn't get rabies, but I think my first thought would have been like getting a rabies shot or something. No, my first thought was as soon as I got home, I Googled that shit because I was like, can you get rabies from a squirrel? Oh, so this was in Google age too. Okay. I think it was just in the beginning of Google age. I can't remember when it was. Can you get rabies from a squirrel or do squirrels not carry rabies? It was a scratch. I don't think it was like a bite. You can and your get odds of getting scratch. rabies from squirrels are like really low. <laughs> but it's like it did bleed a little bit. <laughs> My scalp. And your odds <laughs> of getting squir- rabies from a squirrel are like really low. <laughs> that's a great line. Just in itself. Somebody just happens to like fast forward the podcast and that's where they land. They're like, what the fuck are they talking about? This isn't paranormal. They're almost never found to be infected with rabies and have not been known to transmit rabies to humans. Okay, well, there you go. You're you don't know. Maybe it was a ghost squirrel. I don't know. There's an angry-ass squirrel. It wasn't acting right. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it, like, fell out of a tree and hit its head and it was, like, just, you know. <laughs> it's crazy. It was so weird the drunken commotion was going on. That's great. You probably, squirrel saved a life at that breaking out the drunken commotion by landing on your head. (laughs) Let's go to another story. 855-853-4802. Hi. Hi, Tony. My name is Maria. Um, I would like to share with you a story about my first apartment with my soon-to-be-now ex-husband and my two children. Um, This was our first apartment together. And um, it was quite a horrific experience, to say the least. I had believed in ghosts and believed that I am sensitive my entire life. I, um, when I was little, I saw a soldier walking around my brand new, freshly built house. Um, and smelled cigarette smoke when nobody in my house smoked cigarettes. I told my mom that I saw dead people and she told me like that I was nuts. And then she started like making fun of me, telling me to tell them to go to the light. And I just thought like, even when I was 10 years old, I just thought that that was pretty like rude and ridiculous. But anyway, uh, on about my apartment. So the first thing that we discovered, and there are a series of stories for this. So I will be calling back. I'm going to start from the beginning. Um, The shadow thing, part one. So we were moving in 
and we had been plagued by bed bugs, which we had never had before in our lives. Um, our neighbor who shared the house in the smaller apartment behind us, um, it's a very old 1800s farmhouse. Um, the owner of the farmhouse, my friend was, my friend's father was a historian of the town that I had lived in. And we had found out that the owner, the original owner of, of my house, uh, was a general or a colonel, sorry, a colonel in the Civil War. And his name was Colonel Woods. And he had a, like, a winning fight, a winning battle. Um, he, like, had this strategy that, like, helped sway, like, the win, like, for the win uh, for the Civil War. And I had lived in his house. And the first thing that I had experienced there after the bed bug plague, which took, like, four exterminators, um, and it took forever. It was very horrible. We were putting our things away into the basement. It was Halloween when we had moved in. Um, and we were putting away our Christmas decorations into the basement, which was a dirt cellar, very creepy. Um, and the first like area of the dirt cellar, you go downstairs and the first area it has a couple of shelves. It's all dirt and the fuse box. And then it has like a doorway into a middle area where the furnace lies. And then there's another actual wooden door into the third area, which is our neighbor's apartment and their basement area. Um, this door we jam shut with a brick um, or like a large rock. It's a very old door. Um, there's no like latch or anything on it. And there is also a door um, behind the furnace. It's like one of those storm doors that you would pull up. Never used, never accessed, locked up tight. Um, so the furnace, the, the pilot light, would very often get blown out. And I mean, we had put a tarp over this door, like the storm door. And there's a second door, like you go, you open up the storm door from the floor and there's like, there's a little stairway and then there's another door. And then that's where you go into the basement. So there's like, I don't think it, it was wind that was blowing out our pilot light oh so often, but it would go out once or twice a week um, or more. And we would have to call the landlord because it was like a very tricky thing. And he insisted that we called him every time that we needed it fixed. So we called him every time it needed to be fixed. And he would go in there and fix it. Um, but while we were putting away our decorations, like I saw this little tiny, it was like, an, like, like a cat, small, small cat though. And it just kind of darted across and was like sitting in that little middle room, uh, just like just within, you know, sight, but not like directly out in the open, kind of like peeking. There was a lot of peeking happening at this house. And this, it was like this little black shadow animal 
that's like the only it was like a, like a little ball of smoke in the shape of an animal it was very freaky so I asked my husband if he had seen that and and he did and we're like wow I wonder what that could be ghost cat and we laughed and shrugged it off um and we went on with our day and um my husband he liked to he likes to play video games he plays video games all the time he would play them all night long so i would go to bed um before him and as i was getting ready for bed i went upstairs and i went to bed and as i was getting ready i hear a stomp up every single stair in my house i was just stomping 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 up the stairs and so aggravated i call out because I'm waiting to, for him to show up in my bedroom. Um, the kids are sleeping. It's late. I'm waiting for him to appear in my bedroom, or I'm waiting for him to, like, hear, hear him go into the bathroom or something, and there's nothing. I hear nothing. The stomping had ended, and there was absolutely not a sound afterwards. So I called down. Like, hey, why the hell are you stomping like that? Like, stop it. What are you doing? And no answer, no response. And so I start calling out his name. And like, hey, like, you can't hear me? Where are you? And I walk out and I peek into the uh, bathroom. The bathroom that is off. Nobody's in there. And then I, like, call downstairs. And it's like, hey, are you hearing me? And he comes upstairs. And he goes, what are you talking about? I said, what? He goes, why are you yelling? Um, and I said, why are you stomping up the stairs like that? The children are sleeping. What did you need? Like, why, why were you doing that? You're going to wake up the kids. Um, there's no need to be stomping. The whole, the whole house can hear you. Um, and he said, what are you talking about? I was in the middle of a game. I actually just got up and walked away from it because I heard you calling for me. And I said, you didn't hear no stomping up the stairs. He said, I didn't hear anything but you calling me. And I told him exactly what I experienced. And he said, oh, that's not me. I didn't hear anything, but I had my headset on because he was talking with his friends on, on the video game. Um, after that, you know, that was like freaky. And I had, like, I was kind of afraid to sleep upstairs by myself at night. And I really, my kids were afraid to sleep um, at night. And it was always a very difficult, like bedtime was a very difficult thing because they were scared. They were scared. And I just thought like children are scared of the dark, you know, but they were scared. And that's where her call ends. Well, okay. So when she calls back, cause she named that one, it was like shadow something part one. Mm-hmm. So when she calls back, I want her to do all of it in parts. Yeah. So then, you know, you missed part of it. Sure. But that was freaky. Uh, yeah. Like hearing someone walk up the stairs, you're like, that would irritate you. Sure. So you're in bed waiting for your husband to come to bed. It's like, what the hell are you doing? Waking all the kids up. Mm-hmm. And that's it, not just a sound that you imagined. That's something you heard. Very distinct. It's something you would know. It's yeah. And because it irritated you. Yeah. That's how real it was. It mm. was like, what the hell? God, I'd, I'd be scared, too, to go to sleep there. Yeah. 
the fact the fact that he doesn't seem to really take it that seriously either though it's just like yeah whatever i'm gonna go play more of my video game well and i wondered when she said my soon-to-be ex-husband yeah and she said the video games all the time i'm like that might have something to do with it yeah i yeah i'm sure there's that's probably in part of the recipe for that disaster uh you know but uh it's a shame uh but i want to hear the rest of that one i do too please do share that uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Hi. Hey, guys. So this is less of a ghost story, more of just a strange thing I cannot explain. But the other day, while I was hanging out drinking with a few friends, um, out in kind of the middle of nowhere over by uh, Dakota, Minnesota, which is in between... Winona and Lacrosse, so basically middle of butt fuck nowhere. Um, while I was out there, we were we were talking, and we were talking a lot about mental health. All of us there had significant mental health problems, myself included, and you know, talking about some of the difficulties we're going through and stuff like that. When all of a sudden, one of my friends looks over and goes, "Oh, well, would you look at that?" We all turn over and see a small little gray cat. Uh, Russian blue is what the breed is. And, you know, kind of looked at us. It was a little timid. And then the minute I walk over, the thing walks right up to me and immediately just starts being affectionate, wanting pets and everything like that. And because we were in the middle of, again, buttfuck nowhere, we decided that... You know, we should take this stray in, especially she has a little bald spot on her tail and a few other things we are concerned about health-wise. So I decided, you know, pack it up in my car, take the cat back to my place. Uh, no troubles there. Um, so yeah, I found this cat, perfectly healthy, and this thing is one of the most affectionate cats I have ever met. I don't understand it, but... You know, everything I kind of wanted in a, a cat, you know, something something just kind of happy and cuddly, there's that cat, everything. And I could not, you know, explain it. This cat came out of nowhere, and, you know, nowhere was pretty much everywhere at that point. But, again, just no rhyme or reason this cat shows up and just picks to hang out with me, come home with me. And can't explain it, and a lot of people have talked to me about the ideas of familiars and things like that. And that's kind of what they have explained it to me as, is, you know, this was something that knows what you're going through and has come to help you with it. I thought this was a really interesting, kind of nice story. Again, not kind of ghost, but definitely something I can't really explain. I agree. The cat is like the wind. She's like the wind. <laughs> I knew you were up to I'm like, he's up to something. He's up to something. Here I'm sitting here getting all emotional listening to this story. You know me. But I, okay, so I don't know how it works, but I swear that animals are put in your life sometimes when you need them most. Sure. That, um, out of the blue, like like my sister, who's been on the show several times, mm-hmm. she literally opened her door. She was living in Texas, opened her door, and there was a little schnauzer puppy sitting on her doorstep. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know where it came from. She tried to find the home, never did. But like, how's that cat? Like in the middle of nowhere, it's certainly tame. Mm-hmm. It clings to him. They're out there talking about mental health. He needed a friend. One just walked up to him. Yeah. Like, that's pretty awesome. Like, I love that story a lot. It probably doesn't count when you're like your former spouse just buys a lot of animals and they just appear in your yard. That probably doesn't necessarily mean that they're coming into your life for a reason. (laughs) No, that doesn't qualify. Okay, that's what I thought. That does not qualify. Okay, just just checking. (laughs) But sometimes I think that, um, because somebody I know said this to me the other day, like they felt like they had gone through losing a pet and, you know, there's a lot of people like me, you, you know, losing a pet's losing a family member. Yeah. And, um, and said that this other dog just kind of came to them when they needed a dog. They needed that friendship companionship. And, um, they felt like it was their former pet had sent them. Yeah. I've heard that from a lot of people. I wonder sometimes if it is the former pet. <laughs> That's like reincarnated into another pet or something like that, you know, although you then you kind of run up the, um, you know, the age is like, well, no, this this animal would have been alive when my other one was alive. But then you, you kind of go down the road of, well, what if the ghost of my former pet possessed this pet and has taken over the body of this animal? And now it's that pet. Hmm? See, that's <clears throat> not such a strange thing. So. When, but when I got Buddy, and mm-hmm. by the way, I talked about him recently, and he um, has a massive tumor. They gave him days to live. We're going on eight weeks. So yeah. I don't know when this airs, he's what's going to happen. He's but, actually going um, today, the, right now. He's going up in the next rocket with Jeff Bezos, actually. So he's, been, right. he's in flight training right in now. In that penis rocket. <laughs> so, um, so. Uh, so I had another dog before him, Jim, and I just felt like Jim was a really difficult dog and I could never quite get through to him. Like, and I tried and I just never felt like I was, I don't know if I felt like I wasn't the right owner for him or I just couldn't get through. Mm -hmm. He got better as it went along, but he was a difficult dog. And, but you know, I adopted him and I'm like, he's mine and I loved him. It's not like that. But I just, after he died, I remember thinking, I wish I could have a do-over with you. Because yeah. I think I would do so much better. Mm-hmm. Like if I'd gotten him from a puppy, that maybe, but I got him as an adult dog. They didn't know how old he was. So then um, he had this weird way when he would poop, he would find like really random places to do it. I and I was like, thing. oh, it's so Jim. And so I, Buddy just shows up to me. I'm out rescuing two other animals and mm-hmm. here's Buddy and. And one day I was, and Buddy was real difficult as a puppy, like took all his training, like as a little bitty puppy. One day he's, he's taking poop and in a really random place. And I'm like, God, that's so Jim. And as soon as I said that, I'm like, oh my God, did I get my do-over dog? Like, yeah. Is that what happened here? I don't know. Did Jim I don't possess know, but, this dog you know as Buddy? Yeah, I don't know. But I just, at that moment, because it just made me laugh, because they both would do these random, like, the weird, like, okay, you had to get under that low branch on that tree. You're not comfortable. You barely fit in, and you're pooping there. Yeah. Like, that kind of weird. Like, why? And Buddy was doing the same thing. So, yeah, I don't know. I know. I mean, it, it, I, these things, I'm glad I'm not the only one who makes these things wander through my mind. 
<laughs> I'm like, is this really the spirit of my other dog that took over this one? Because the other one is already know. alive, you know. But I'm like, maybe it's not the spirit of Jim, but I got the dog that took a whole lot of work. Yeah. And Buddy did take a lot of work. Yeah. And it, I felt like, it, I don't know, it it helped me kind of process Jim. Sure. Too, you know. Came along at but, the right time. I don't know. And so I, I, I don't know. I'm such a pet person, but I really believe like that guy's out in the country and this cat found him. Mm-hmm. Like it was sent to him. He yeah. needed cat. I agree. I think, right. I think it's so cool. That's him. Thanks for sharing that one. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person and EPP. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Five bucks a month gets you access to all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, the archive, and more. Ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Until next time, for Carol and Tony, thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online.